Shalom, this is Hannah Nesher from Voice for Israel Ministries, and we teach about the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. We're based in Israel, and every week we study the Torah portion, the portion of scripture for this particular time, this Shabbat, and this week's is called Balak. It's a really interesting uh, portion of scripture, so I want to just uh, offer you this little audio podcast with a message from Parasha Balak. This is a, a Hebrew word, this name, that means um, to lay waste or to destroy. So Balak is like a destroyer. And Balak was the name of this king of Moab. So what happened if we just kind of go back into last week's what happened in Parsha Chukat at the very, very end is that Israel had this stunning victory over the Amorites. Okay. They, they won a victory over the Amorites. And then it says that Balak uh, saw that all that Israel had done to the Amorites were in Numbers uh, chapter 22. So if you want to follow along Numbers chapter 22, Balak the king of Moab, he saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites and he was afraid. He was scared. And so he employed this kind of strange military tactic. And what he did is he tried to hire a um, kind of a sorcerer, soothsayer, uh, slash prophet, and his name was Balaam, okay? So there's Balak, the king of Moab, and there's Balaam, the sorcerer. And he actually hires, he tries to hire this guy who was very well known as a sorcerer to put a curse on Israel, uh, you know, kind of like a hex. And you know, we think, oh, well, that's, you know, that's, that's silly. But actually, this kind of black magic and and sorcery and you know even voodoo and this kind of stuff where people put hexes on others and put curses on others i mean it still occurs uh today in the world in in some parts of the world and people can be very much afraid of this and obviously the king of moab totally believed in it he totally believed that if balaam cursed israel they'd be cursed and, uh, you know, what's funny is that it's actually God that has the power to bless and to curse. You know, God said, I'll bless Israel. And he said, whoever blesses Israel will be blessed. Whoever curses Israel will be cursed. And so now Moab kind of wants to hand this power over to Balaam. He believes that Balaam has this kind of God-like power to bless or to curse. And, and Balaam simply couldn't do it. He said, how can I curse those whom God has blessed? And I think there's a lesson in here for us because people can say all kinds of things against us, about us, behind our backs. We don't know what people are saying. But the thing is that we are blessed and we need to know that God has blessed us. And it says that an undeserved curse will not alight. It's like a flitting sparrow, you know, it's just going to fly away. And so if we haven't done anything to open the door for these curses, then it just simply can't rest upon us. Now, that being said, okay, I recorded a message about 
all the ways that we can bring a curse on ourselves. Now, it was a very unpopular podcast. Okay, nobody wanted to listen to that. I think it's the one that everybody should listen to because we should know if we are doing things that inadvertently um, bring a curse on ourselves. For instance, you know, um, ignoring the plight of the poor and the needy, you know, shutting our ears to to the poor when they cry out to us, that, that, that brings a curse. One of the major curses that is completely ignored by a lot of people is the curse of anti-Semitism. That is doing anything, saying anything that is against the Jewish people in Israel, because God has said, I will bless those who bless you. That's a promise. And then I will curse those who curse you. And that's a warning. That's a threat, which God makes good on both his promises and his threats. And we see this throughout history. So um, we see that Balak tries to hire Balaam. He says, go uh, and, and curse Israel. And uh, he said he couldn't do it. But Balak believed in him and he kept trying to tempt him. And, and I think that Balaam actually wanted to go because they were offering him money. And so he had this sort of mixed motivation in his heart. He knew that he shouldn't do it, but he wanted to do it. And the Bible is full of um, warnings against greed and, you know, the love of money. There's nothing wrong with having money and using it and using it for his kingdom and using it for our families. But the love of money is the root of all evil. And that means if when we are greedy and when we do wrong things to, to get that money. And so we have to also be careful that we stay away from any kind of this um, sorcery, uh, magic, the magic arts, the occult, because it's very dangerous to start to get involved in that. It really opens a door to the kingdom of darkness. And before I became a believer, before I started to read the Bible and, and came to faith in Yeshua as the Messiah and read the Bible and filled with the Holy Spirit, I didn't really know about any of this. Um, and I didn't think anything about, you know, reading my astrology chart and going to a psychic once in a while, having my palms read or whatever, this kind of stuff. And, and I didn't really realize how dangerous it was for any, especially a child of God who should know better because we've got God's word and to go visit a psychic or, or play with Ouija boards or any of this kind of stuff. I've actually been shocked at how much the inroads of Harry Potter has made uh, even within the Christian community. We should be having nothing at all to do with this. Uh, it is forbidden. God said that when we come into the land, we are not to follow the abominations of the nations. There should not be found anyone among you who makes a son or daughter pass through the fire or practices witchcraft or soothsaying or one who interprets omens or hangs out with sorcerers, conjures spells, a medium, a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. It says that the, these are abomination to the Lord. And it says a sorcerer or one who practices sorcery shall die. It is the death penalty um, in the Torah. So let's make sure that we are treating this with a high degree of caution and not having anything to do with this because really we don't, the world might run to psychics and that for direction, but we have been given the Holy Spirit. And all we need to do is to pray to God for wisdom and ask for guidance of the Holy Spirit. And he will show us the things that we need to know. So the other thing I wanted to say about this 
with um, Balak asking Balaam to use his words to curse Israel. It shows that there really is a power in our words that I think that we are not aware of, or even if we are not enough aware of it to be careful enough with our words. I think we are way too, and I'm speaking for myself here, the chief of sinners, way too careless. Um, you know, Yeshua said to, to beware of, you know, uh, speaking idle words, wrong words. And I hear people all the time saying like, honestly, even in sermon, even from the pulpit, even in sermons to say, you know, oh, well that, that, that makes me sick or, um, um, just things that we, we wouldn't, it's almost like we're speaking a curse either over ourselves or over other people. And you might think this sounds, oh, well, that sounds new agey, but it really, it really isn't because when you think about it, how did God create the world? You know, he spoke and he said, let there be light. And there was light. He spoke the universe into existence. He used his words to speak forth those things which were not as though they are and they came to be. And we are created in God's image. And I'm not saying we can do that to the extent that God can do that. But we also have creative power in our words because it says that the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, you're going to have the consequences of what we say. You know, when the Israelites were in the... In the uh, desert and they you know they lacked faith they were full of unbelief they had just come out of Egypt they were slaves they had this victim mentality and they said we're gonna be victims you know our wives and children we're gonna we're gonna die here in the wilderness you know instead of trusting God after everything that he did for them they complained they whined they grumbled they fetched and they said we're gonna die here in the wilderness. They did not trust that God would actually take care of them and provide for them. And and look, you know what God said? God said, "All right, all right. I've heard what you've said, and what you've said, you know, it's gonna happen." You know, the word says God spoke and it was done. He spoke and it was commanded. And so the people of Israel said, "We are gonna die here in the wilderness." And and God says, yeah, okay, you said it. All right, you're going to die in the wilderness. And so, and they did, except for two people that had faith, Joshua and Caleb, that said, we are well able. You know, if we say, I can do all things through the Messiah who strengthens me, instead of saying, I, I can't do this, you know, or, or uh, if we speak forth the word of God, we're speaking life and we're speaking faith. Instead of speaking out of, you know, it says that whatever is in our heart, we speak forth out of whatever is in our heart. And there's still lots of unhealed places in our hearts and fears and doubts and unbelief that seem to come out under pressure when we're angry or we're, we're being pressured or we're stressed. And we have to be really, really careful, you know, that we don't say, oh, I, I'm just dying to go there. I, uh, you know, Israelis um, will use that expression quite a bit. You know, I would just die for this. Or if we say, I'm, I'm sick and tired of this. And we wonder, why are we sick and tired? You know, God takes us at his word. Thank God he doesn't always take us at our, at our word or we wouldn't probably wouldn't be here today. But let's just be careful. We're speaking life over ourselves. We're speaking life and faith over the people we love, our families, our children, 
our spouses. It says the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And it says, you know, out of the same mouth shouldn't come forth blessing and cursing. We should, everything we say, everything we speak should be to build other people up and to bless and, and not to curse. Of course, there's a problem with that. It says that no man can tame the tongue. And that's so true. We need to pray every day, Lord God, put a guard over my mouth. Put a guard over my mouth, oh Lord, and keep watch over the door of my lips. We can say, Lord, help me to zip it up today. And 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 that that no corrupt word would kind of our out of our mouth. God hasn't given us the power of speech in order to curse, but to bless. And and so let's just remember that God has blessed us and we need to acknowledge that. And we need to say by faith, I am blessed and highly favored. Therefore, I cannot be cursed. That, that I will insert that again, unless we are doing something that is opening the door and inviting that curse upon our lives. One of them being anti-Semitism. There are several others. You want to hear them? Listen to my podcast about about curses all right and it'll all be in there so anyways back to the story so balaam really wants to do it because he really wants the money and the riches and the gold and the silver and everything but he says what he says it sounds good he says though balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold i could not go beyond the word of the lord my god and so he, he kind of has mixed stuff going on there right because he says that the lord is his god and he can't go beyond what god tells him but he had some mixed motivation in his heart which comes out obviously later because he still tries to bring about the downfall of israel he still tries to curse israel and because he couldn't do it with his words you know how he does it is by enticing israel to bring the curse upon themselves by by sinning against God. He enticed them to commit harlotry with the women of Moab and through their sexual immorality and their sin against God, they brought destruction upon themselves. And so we need to keep that in mind. You know, we don't need to be afraid of other people speaking a curse over us. My goodness, as Messianic believers, the um, Orthodox, they speak a curse over us in their prayers every single day. You know, and so we just need to pray. I'm I'm covered with the blood of Yeshua. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against me shall be cast down in Yeshua's name. What we do need to fear is to have a fear of God and, and to walk in righteousness that we will not sin against him and therefore bring that um destruction into our own lives. Because the blessing of the Lord will make one rich and it adds no sorrow with it. So we want the blessings of God. And then we, you know, we can say that we are blessed. We are his special treasure. And we can say, you know, as it says in Psalm 109, 28, let them curse, but God will bless. And so we just need to be careful of covetousness, um, Balaam stayed overnight because he really did want to go with these guys. He wanted to get the reward. But, you know, we need to remember that riches are not going to deliver us in the day of God's wrath. Only righteousness. It says delivers from death. That's Proverbs 11, 4. Um, Balaam's name could, 
could be broken up into the words bliam, which means without a nation. So according to some um, interpretations of these scriptures, he's saying that Balaam actually cut himself off from the nation because of his greed and, and his pride because he tried to curse the nation of Israel. I'm just wondering how many people are cutting themselves off from the goodness of God and the blessing of God by being against Israel or by cursing the, the Jewish people. It says in Jude chapter 111, woe to them, they've gone in the way of Cain, they have run greedily in the air of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. So we need to be careful that there's no motivation of greed in our hearts. It says, he who is greedy for gain troubles his own house. We need to be motivated by the Holy Spirit and to do the will of God. Anyways, Balaam kept kind of begging and begging that he could go. And so God says, fine, go, go with them. But he was angry. You know, he knew what was in Balaam's heart. And sometimes we need to be careful that we don't keep begging God for something that, that we know is really out of his will. You know, the, the Israelites were begging and begging for, for meat because they, they said, we hate this stupid manna. And God gave it to them, but in the end, it brought, brought them death. They died while it was still in their teeth, you know. So we need to be careful. So it says that the anger of God was aroused because he went. And sometimes well, God will let us go our own way. If we're so determined to go in a way that we know is not the will of God and we determined to go the other way, God will let us go. But it says the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. This is really interesting because God sent an angel to stand against, to stand in, in his path so he couldn't go past because he said his way was contrary to the will of God. His way was contrary to God. And do you know that it, it calls that angel... Um, it says he stood as an adversary against him. And the word in Hebrew used is Satan. Satan, the Hebrew word for Satan. So it means, you know, even um, the adversary is under the control of God and has to answer to God. And, you know, I think we are so quick to blame our frustrations and the things that don't go our way. So, so quick to blame when we're blocked to blame it. Oh, that's the devil. I'm just under attack. I'm being blocked by the devil. Well, sometimes we're being blocked because we're not going in the way that God intends for us. And so we can thank God sometimes when he blocks our way, when he blocks our path. And because even if he sends the adversary against us, it may be for good to keep us from going the wrong way. And so the donkey sees the angels. Sometimes animals can see into the spiritual realm and see angels and demons. And so the donkey saw this angel standing there with a big sword and he stopped. And Balaam's tries to kick him. You know, uh, didn't sound like a very nice guy. Sounded like he was pretty mean to his donkey. And he keeps kicking him and kicking him. And uh, finally, the donkey speaks up. The Lord gives the donkey the power of speech. It says, the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. And she said to Balaam, what have I done to you? You've struck me these three times. Donkey was really trying to help Balaam to stop him from getting, you know, chopped by the angel's sword. But Balaam was, you know, just 
striking at the donkey. And I'm just wondering how many times does God send somebody to speak to us? You know, if, if God can speak to Balaam through the mouth of the donkey, you know, maybe we don't like the messenger, but maybe we need to listen to the message. Maybe that person is just trying to help us. And all we're doing is, is kicking them. You know, it says that he who rebukes a scorner just heaps upon himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man gets for himself bruises. So sometimes we're trying to help somebody. We're trying to tell them, you know, you're going the wrong way. What you're doing is not right. Don't marry that person. Don't don't be a partner with that in the business with that guy. Whatever it is, and they just get mad at us. They they abuse us. They kick us. I mean, not literally, but you know, with their words. And we. Um, we can just get hurt over it. So it really shows the heart of a person if if they're willing. Is somebody willing to accept correction? I think this is a huge like marker. You know, is somebody willing to accept correction or do they just kick out at whoever and hate whoever is trying to correct them? So finally, the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. So he he sees the angel. And, uh, and then the angel said, why have you beaten your donkey? I have come as a satan unto you. I've come as an adversary unto you because your way is contrary unto me. And so Balaam then had to return to King Balak and say, how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? And so really to come against Israel, to, to curse Israel and the Jewish people is really futile. Because God, uh, it says that the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And God has placed a blessing over Israel. And whoever blesses Israel is blessed. Whoever curses Israel comes under the, their self-created curse. They come under God's curse. And so this is really important for us to know. It's really important for us to remember and to keep this in mind, and I just wanted to thank uh, all of you for standing with Israel, for standing with and blessing Israel, and blessing us, and blessing the Jewish people. And I know that God is going to bless you. You know, it says it pleased the Lord to bless Israel. And God has promised to bless everyone who blesses Israel and cursing everyone who curses Israel. You know, it doesn't have necessarily mean pronouncing a curse over Israel. It can even be, you know, a really um, offensive words or just having a kind of a hidden hatred against the Jewish people or Israel. And uh, so let's just be careful of our associations. Um, Balaam continued to associate with Moab and those who hate Israel and there are many people who hate Israel today. The boycott uh, movement and just anti-Semitism is everywhere. And so we have to stand up for the, for the truth and stand with Israel. And, uh, and be careful of the error of Balaam. Because in the end, Balaam uh, was slain with a sword. He was killed in battle. But not before he enticed Israel to commit harlotry with the women of Moab. And this brought a terrible destruction. It brought a plague upon the people of Israel, which was only stopped by 
uh, a zealot by the name of Pinchas. And that is next week's parasha. We're going to be talking about Pinchas and religious zealotry. And it's really, uh, really another interesting parasha. I just want to end with this. It says in the Haftorah, that's a prophetic portion, it says, what does God really require of us? And I know he wants faith. And, and uh, sometimes I think that we disregard the um, works aspect of our, of our faith, you know, because it's just all about faith, just believe in Yeshua, and that's, that's it. But really, it says faith without works is, is dead. And this is what it says in the New Testament. It says, the religion that God our Father accepts is pure and flawless is this. Look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and keep oneself by being polluted by the world. And so God wants us to reach out. And it says, it has been told to you, Adam, what is good, what is the Lord requires of you. It is to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This word mercy in Hebrew is chesed, and it means kindness to the lowly, to the needy, to the miserable, as shown in all charitable acts, especially such as go with personal service. I know that um, in this time that we're living in, there are many who are uh, broken and, and in need. And we need to shine as, as the light of the world. We need to show mercy. We need to even pray for our enemies, you know, to pray for those who curse us, to pray for those who are against us and not to be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So thank you so much. May we remember that we are blessed. We are blessed by the Lord God of Israel and we need to bless others also with our words, also with our, our acts of service and to be, to be blessed and to be a blessing in this world. So shalom and thanks for listening to this uh, message from Parasha Balak, from the book of Numbers. I hope to uh, continue to send forth the word of the Lord from Zion to the nations. Uh, make sure to share this podcast with anyone that you think would be interested. And I say shalom to you and may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine on you and be gracious to you and give you peace. Yevarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha, Ya'er Adonai panavalecha v'yichunecha, Isa Adonai panavalecha v'yasem lecha shalom. Blessings and shalom to you. Our website is voiceforisrael.net. You can sign up for our free weekly online Torah studies from a Messianic Jewish perspective. You can subscribe to our Voice for Israel YouTube channel and get videos. And check out our website for lots of information and articles and teachings on the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. Amen. Shabbat Shalom and Shavuot Tov. Have a good week.